God, we echo the words that we were just singing. Here in the power of Christ, we stand. Here in the power of Christ, we have gathered. In the power of Christ, we look to your word. God, thank you for just the wonderful worship that we've had. Being able to turn our attention towards you, being able to bring glory to you and honor and praise. Lord, I pray that as we turn to your word that you would continue to just do work in our hearts. Thank you for the hope that we have through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. If you have a Bible, we're going to eventually be in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, so if you want to turn there, um, you can also uh, follow along with the version. You can get all the scripture and stuff there. So we're in this series, uh, Eternally Focused Life, and uh, today's message, because we're talking all about this life here on this earth, when we compare it to our eternal life, so this morning we're talking about, and I think we can all relate to this, pain, pain, go away. When explorers first came to Australia, they encountered an animal that defied all the laws of existence as they knew them. And they discovered this semi-aquatic egg-laying mammal having a broad, flat tail, webbed feet, and a snout resembling a duck's bill. And they named it a platypus. And when they came home, they tried to describe it to all the people. And they said, this is a hoax. You're making all of this up. And so they went back to Australia again, and they actually came back with a hide, and, and the people still weren't buying it. They accused of rigging a hoax again, and they, like many people today, follow the same rule when it comes to our ability to understand and agree with the miraculous claim, I make it a rule to only believe what I understand. Today we're talking about taking that next step in this series, Eternally Focused Life, and today we're talking about pain in this life. And I would imagine that all of us agree with that statement, pain, pain, go away. The question isn't really whether we'll have pain or whether we have pain or will have pain. It, it it's, can be find healing this side of heaven. Is there a possibility that we can, we can find healing while we're here, knowing that this life is temporary and a dot on the eternal timeline that we talked about a couple weeks on that rope that went on forever. We're just a little itty bitty dot. Can we find hope? Can we find healing here? Number one, pain makes us real. Psalm 34, 18 says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Close to the brokenhearted, saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now this verse points to the already but not yet phrase that you hear a lot, and the already is that the Lord is close. And the not yet is the fact that we still live in this fallen and this broken world, and at times we all experience a broken heart. The presence of the Lord is far-reaching, and it transcends the threshold of our reality and his reality. That's what transcends means. He's, he's both here and there near and far at the same time. He is God, right? Both exalted and sovereign over all, and yet by virtue of control and the authority that he had, he's very present in his creation, us, especially in his people, in a personal, in a very intimate way with us. He's not contained to some 
far off land, unaware of what's happening in our lives. Sometimes it feels like that. This life will break our heart at times. And we, and we just need to acknowledge that. We live and exist in a broken and fallen world, and pain is real. Pain reveals itself in the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. Since our kids uh, have been little, we do this thing called a progressive dinner, usually around Christmas time. And what we would do is we, we pick three restaurants that we all kind of agree on, and we put numbers in a jar, and they each have to pull out a number, and they get different numbers for different restaurants. So uh, when we go to the first restaurant, somebody might have dessert first, or, and somebody might have the entree first, or somebody might have the appetizer first, and then they get the next restaurant. So it's all wacko, and it's all out of order. Well, we did a COVID style last night. We didn't do restaurants. So we each took a turn, and we took a tour through Europe, and we went to uh, Brianna's house and had appetizers in Italy. That was our first. Then we came to our house and we had the main entree. Um, it was a part of Ireland. And then we went to Brandon's house and had dessert, which was from Greece. I need to mention Jared. He, he's our youngest. And he actually helped our daughter, Brianna, I wanted, just in case you know, they're listening. I wanted to throw that in there. Um, but when we are at our house, if you know Lori, she's kind of the, the, the party gal. So, so we, have to, we have to have a game at our house and the game was that um, I would leave the room, I was picked first, so I'd leave the room, and we had Irish music playing, and they would all do Irish dances. And, and so, so they're all doing the same exact dance, but then they would change the dance, and somebody in the group was actually the one initiating the change, and it was my goal to try to figure out who that was. And so they would start dancing, and, and then I would try to guess who it was. No, that's the person that's not leading, and you know, you know how that goes. I do, I, I'm telling you all this because of physical pain. Uh, my calves really hurt today um, doing the Irish dance and Irish dances. And so, but it, but it was a lot of fun. But I tell you that in a joking way because I can't tell you how many times I've been in conversations with people and they describe their physical pain. And I walk away and I think, how in the world do they live with that? That must be really, really hard. I've never had a migraine, but... I hear people that will say, I have a migraine. Not only do I have a migraine, I've had a migraine for the past week. Every day, day in and out, I have a migraine. And I think, I cannot even imagine. I get this little itty bitty headache and it drives me crazy. Like people live with physical pain and emotional pain and mental pain and spiritual pain. People cause pain in our lives, right? Circumstances cause pain. The evil one causes pain. Sometimes we're responsible for causing the pain. And when it comes to pain in this life, there's that phrase, we all get a participation award. It's true. But there's hope. The Lord saves those who are crushed in spirit. Have you ever been in pain and felt like everyone has abandoned you? And the truth is, we don't know how to deal with pain. And we come across other people who are in pain, maybe emotional pain or whatever it might be, and, and we're like, we don't know how to treat them. We don't know what to say to them. We don't know how to just be there for them. We don't know how to help them. Our hope is found in the second part of the verse and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Who saves? Do we save somebody? Do they save us? He saves. The Lord rescues us from pain. But I gotta clarify that. Rescue may not mean remove, right? Sometimes God rescues us by just meeting us in the pain. Secondly, pain makes us choose. Hebrews 12, one and two. 
Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We get to choose where we will fix our eyes. Sometimes you will hear that pain, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, is like an alarm clock that's going off. And pain is saying to us, alarm, 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 alarm. That's what pain is. It's this alarm going off saying something's not right. Pay attention. Alarms are meant to awaken us. The problem is that we all treat alarms differently, right? Sleep studies have shown that 53% of people feel dreadful when their alarm goes off in the morning. Someone said they should make an alarm clock sound like a cat that's getting ready to vomit. Nothing makes you jump faster out of bed. And I say I'm baffled. How in the world do you hear a cat outside when you're laying in bed? When it comes to being awakened by an alarm, I kind of like this one. How many of you would say you need an ejection bed to get out of bed or somebody you know needs an ejection bed or how many of you have a teenager who needs an ejection bed to get them out of bed? Mark Twain once said, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you all day. That's probably true. But as you know, we're not talking about a real physical alarm or eating a frog that awakens you from sleep. I'm talking about the alarm clock of pain. C.S. Lewis once said, pain is God's megaphone. Pain is one of God's ways of screaming at us. What is he screaming? Look to me. Turn to me. The author of Hebrews reminds us that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Could be a cloud of witnesses of the faithful that have gone before us. There's debate over this, whether, whether those are folks that are faithful and they, they're actually cheering us on and, and they're in this temporary paradise. Maybe you guys caught that and that intrigued you. Wait, what's temporary paradise? Another message for another series. But imagine the faithful cheering us through this life. It says, since, since we are surrounded with, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us in this life in the same way we are to confess our sin that hinders us. That's what the scripture says. Confess it, get rid of it, let it go. It says that we are to throw off, cast off everything that keeps us from running the race. Not the race of life, not the race of success, the race that God has marked out for us or the race that God has prepared for us, Scripture says. I don't want to spend the time going through all that hinders us. We could come up with all kinds of things. But I will tell you that I think that pain in this life, if it goes undealt with and we don't find healing, can be one of the biggest hindrances for us running the race that God has marked out for us. And the reason why is because we, we give it so much energy. We think about it so often. Maybe your pain is physical. And when I use the word physical, I'm talking about both the physical human body 
and the reality that we live in. Physical healing more than healing someone from a disease. Physical healing is the miracles maybe of provision or intervention. I'm gonna tell you maybe a definition of my faith. My faith isn't whether he will or won't. My faith is in him who can. There's a huge difference. Maybe your pain is emotional. Emotional pain is real to all of us. And people who need emotional healing are people who have had some kind of emotional trauma that as a result of different experiences and seasons and time periods of life, maybe as a child, you were abused or physically, verbally, emotionally, or you were abandoned or neglected, or maybe you suffered loss. As an adult, maybe you've been in a traumatic relationship where you were hurt or, or loss of a loved one or being a victim of a crime or substance abuse or loss of employment, or maybe you've been abandoned or, or fear of people leaving you, or maybe you have been told that you're not good enough or you believe that you're not good enough. I, week after week after week, I sit with people who come in and they share their story and they, in the midst of the story, you hear this pain and the, these are not just made up things. These are things that real people deal with. These are really, really hard things. You've heard it said that hurting people hurt people. And that what that simply means is people that haven't dealt with their pain and they're hurting. They haven't found healing. And so they hurt people out of that pain, out of that wound, especially when they're triggered. When I'm hurting and I hurt, I hurt people. A person who has not dealt with emotional pain can be a person who hurts others, especially when that hurt gets triggered. They're not their true selves because they're living behind and through their hurt and pain, still needing to be healed by Jehovah Rafi. Some people are more aware of their pain. The depth of your walk with Christ, I hope we're all interested in that, is proportionate to the amount of healing you find in this life. The depth of your walk with Christ is proportionate to the amount of healing that you find in this life. Our undealt with pain clouds and even prevents our ability to see and know God for who he is. He is only Jehovah Rafi to those who have found healing through him. The evil one will use your pain to keep your focus on yourself. And God's invitation is to heal you, to make you whole. So instead of seeing God through your pain, you're seeing your pain through God. Some of you maybe have things that happened yesterday that relates to what I'm talking about, or last week, or a year ago, or 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago. Emotional hurt and pain can lead to anxiety and it leads to depression, which can lead to feelings of worthlessness and hopelessness. Some hide their pain or avoid facing it, this emotional trauma by resorting to self-destructive behavior like drugs or alcohol or aggression or denial. God is Jehovah Rafi, the God who heals. What are you willing to sacrifice to make the pain go away? How do you make the pain go away? 
But a harder question is this, what are you willing to compromise to make the pain go away? Would you compromise your standards? Or your convictions or your commitments? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Follow me here for a second. Anybody who runs will tell you that when they're running, they fix their eyes on something that is ahead. And as soon as they start looking at things that are ahead of them, all of a sudden now they become more aware of their exhaustion or maybe their, their muscles are hurting or and they, maybe sometimes they even just want to give up. To run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, we have to deal with our pain. There's no way around it. And, and the reason this is true is because we can only run the race by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We can't look to Jesus and our pain all at the same time. Now, I want to clarify that because after the first service, somebody sent an email kind of wanting to know what that meant. And simply what that means is that you can only fix your eyes one place at a time, right? You can, only, you can either look at your pain and be consumed with your pain and consumed with the things that are going on inside of you in your life, or you can consume with Jesus and fix your eyes on Jesus. But you can't do both at the same time. It doesn't mean that if you're fixing your eyes on pain that Jesus isn't there, Right? When we have pain, we're only able to glance or take quick little peeks because we're so consumed with what we're feeling and experiencing and, and dealing with and the hurt. And, and, and sometimes we get over that hurdle. We're like, okay, good. My pain isn't as much today as it was yesterday. And then, and then you go a week and we're like, oh, good, this is a better week. And then all of a sudden we go right back to square one and we're right back smack in the middle of that pain again. And we just keep doing this thing over and over again. And in the midst of that, we could take a little peeks to Jesus like that, but we can't fix there and fix here. To go deeper with Christ, just understand what Paul says. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. We can't keep our pain and say, I no longer live. The truth is, even though pain is temporary, we all fix our eyes either on self or Jehovah Rafi to take the pain away. What are you fixing your eyes on? How do you make the pain go away? What's your coping mechanism? His healing power knows no boundaries. It can affect every aspect of life. God heals body, soul, and spirit, all levels of man's being. You know, frankly, sometimes we don't want our pain to go away. Because sometimes it's out of our pain that we can justify the way we treat other people. And if that were removed, how different would we be? Remember the platypus and how the people responded to the story. I make it a rule to only believe what I understand. If we live by that notion, blinded to the supernatural healing power of Jehovah Rafi, then we are only seeing what we want to see. We're only experiencing little glimpses of God. It isn't the small glimpses of God that's going to make us stand in awe of him 
One of the ways we stand in awe of God is knowing him as the one who heals. Spiritual healing is the most important healing that you need to know about and receive because sin is like cancer. And unless you're healed, the disease of sin is terminal. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in the body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. He bore our sins on the tree. And when Jesus went to the tree, he took upon himself all sins past, all sins present, all sins future. He was our substitute who took the place of the guilty. It was a one-time deal. From God's perspective, it was the only way. Without Jesus, we are alive to sin and dead to Christ. With Jesus, we're dead to sin and alive with Christ. I find hope in Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In the Hebrew, the idea of this brokenhearted means to break in pieces, violently crush, rupture, be broken, maimed, crippled, wrecked, shattered. It's not a pleasant picture, but some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, and those words describe some of the pain that maybe you have felt. But think of it like this. A person gets in a serious car accident, and, and one of their legs is just completely shattered, and, and the bone, bones are broken into many pieces, and they go into surgery, and the surgeon fixes them back up, and it's a process of healing and strengthening their leg again, but eventually they will walk. He heals the brokenhearted. And sometimes it isn't like that. Sometimes it's just a, it's a spending quality time with God, time and time again, inviting him to heal you. Isaiah 61.1 echoes the same promise. It says, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And these verses remind us that, that there is healing. And for me, it's a great reminder of the incredible amount of hope and comfort that I have and you have. Knowing that there are many people who do not know God is Jehovah Rapha. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He binds up, it means to tie or bind, or it's like, a, it's like a headband if you think of it in that way, to restrain or to bandage. Imagine God literally in a supernatural way bandaging up your wounds in order to bring healing. It's incredible. The word heal means to heal or to sew together or mend. Think of it like this. God is healing your wounds, your pain, your hurts, one stitch at a time. Stitch by stitch. What's the purpose of stitches? To hold together a wound so it has time to heal. It brings greater insight knowing God is our Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals we can't see emotional healing sometimes, like we can see a gaping wound on our arm. But God is able to heal us stitch by stitch. Pain makes us real. Pain makes us choose. And thirdly, pain makes us homesick. Second Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. A.W. Tozer says this, the weakness of so many modern Christians 
is that they feel too much at home in the world. The alarm clock of pain leads us to fix our eyes on Jesus, our great healer. And it's when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we become more and more aware and convinced that our eternal home far outweighs anything we experience on this earth. Remember that eternal timeline? Remember the eternal home? It's a change of address if you're a believer. Our eternal home far outweighs anything that we experience on this earth. So outwardly, yeah, it feels like sometimes, doesn't it? Like we're wasting away little by little by little. Some days it feels like we have sunshine on our face and it's a great day. And some days it feels like we're running around picking up the stuffing that's been kicked out of us, right? But the reason we do not lose heart is because regardless of what is happening to us, our reality, on the inside, the wounds that cause our pain are being stitched up. And our pain makes us believe that this life will be forever, doesn't it? Because when we focus on our pain and we give it energy and we give it attention, we're like, this is never going to go away. This is my life. This is my new life. Our eternal glory far outweighs it all. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose heart. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. I want you to just kind of imagine this as I read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. In our eternal home, there will be no Kleenex to wipe our tears. There will be no handkerchiefs to blow our nose. There will be no pillows for us to scream into. There will be no more alcohol or drugs to numb our pain. There will be no more graveside services. There will be no more loss. All of that will be gone. All those things will be destroyed in the first earth. Can you imagine? The Bible describes our body here on earth as perishable, dishonorable, weak, all due to sin. But the, body, the Bible also describes our glorified bodies will be imperishable, honorable, and powerful. Our new bodies will no longer be natural bodies, subject to decay and death. We will live in victory over sin and death, won by Christ on our behalf. It is impossible for us to imagine how different our eternal home will be. Our glorified bodies will be healed of every possible sickness. You ready for this? There will be no more masks in heaven. We'll be perfect in every way. No more worrying about our physical appearance. No more feeling like we're not good enough. No more deep wounds. No more scars. No more pain. Pain makes us real. 
Pain makes us choose. Pain makes us homesick. I'm going to leave you to go, and it's Psalm 34:18 again, but it's in a different version by Eugene Peterson. I love how he writes this. This is what it says. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. You know what's amazing? Um, Normally I'd go to prayer right there, but I just thought of something. What's amazing sometimes is when we come to church, um, because a message like this probably pertains to everybody in this room, but we don't know what's on the other side of a conversation. We don't know what's on the other side of a smile or um, when we make eye contact with somebody or we don't know. And the truth is, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of stories that are there that we're unaware of. Maybe even our own. God, thank you for your word and Thank you for the hope that we have. Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals. Uh, To some degree, God, we all need it. We all need healing. Yes, we have been forgiven once and for all. But then we go through this life and we experience all this stuff. And we need you to stitch us back up. We need you to wrap a bandage around it to the parts of life that no one else can see. We want to trust you in that. Thank you for the hope that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.